0: Hello and welcome on The barricades. Uh, This is your favorite political show on the internet. It's delivered to you by the Eastern European leftists. We are academics, journalists, activists. And uh, in this episode today, our guest is Pat Byrne. Uh, he is a historian, a long-standing leftist activist, and an expert in European left history. He is with us today. Thanks very much for uh, coming on the show, Pat. No problem, Boyan. Glad to be back. Uh, great to have you on. So, Pat, last time we spoke, uh, it was a few weeks ago. That was actually uh, just before last month's mm. America's Summit for Democracy. Uh, and uh, we're going to take it from there, right? What What is your overall impression of uh, the outcome of that summit?
1: Well, I, <clears throat> I think... Uh, the, the summit got a lot of criticism, that was the first thing to say and um, first of all it focused on who wasn't invited and how that decision was made and you remember at the, the last uh, session we had together, we, we went through and I perhaps you can switch over to this um, graphic and we used this graphic before and um, basically uh, it shows you if you look at the map of the world right. Oh. <clears throat> Only the areas that are in blue were invited, and the yeah. areas in grey, which actually contain uh, um, al- almost half the world's population, if not more, uh, were not invited. So, in fact, if you look down at this is the list that the um, 83 countries were not invited. <clears throat> now, what was interesting was that the turnout of the turnout to the summit was <clears throat> it was not as good as they had hoped. Um, less than half of the world's countries attended, um, so that. Eighty-nine countries came out of one hundred and ninety-five countries, so that's a bit of a, a bit of a, a problem. I think that they right, a bit the of a disappointment, was, I guess. Right, a bit of a disappointment. Yeah, yeah. So they, they had invited, and uh, not just countries, but they had also invited um, a number of non-state actors. And these non-state actors, here I'll go through a couple of them here. Nathan Law, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, so he he came from. He was one of the, he's now in, he's now in exile. I'm not sure. I guess probably in London or somewhere like that. And he, um, he was formerly in Hong Kong and he was one of the leaders of the pro-democracy movement there. And, or um,
0: anti-Chinese, as some would refer to it, probably.
1: Well, well, I, I think anti-Chinese is maybe, um, a bit A little bit over the
0: top. Okay. Yeah.
1: A bit simplistic, you know, but yeah. <clears throat> I would say pro-Western democracy. Let's put it okay. that way, a bit more accurate. Um, and, uh, he, um, he left the country like a number of people have um, since they introduced the uh, new security law last year. Um, anyway, so he came and um, I mean, he doesn't even he certainly doesn't represent any government in the world. Um, and he represents really I don't know if he represents himself or maybe a small, you know, relatively small <clears throat> layer of uh, refugees now. Um, mm-hmm. because uh, I guess that p- the people in Hong, most of the people who were in the democracy movement in Hong Kong have stayed. So, so then there was, uh, Juan Guaido. I don't know if you remember this character. Oh yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He, I... he, he was the one he, he appeared, he popped up at this, um, <clears throat> this event. Yeah,
0: a guy who never stood for any elections, by the way.
1: That's... Well, no, 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 it's no. not true. He, he did stand for election and he got elected to the national assembly.
0: Yeah okay but uh, not presidential I meant, which not is presidential he's pretending elections. to be a president of right Venezuela. and then
1: just for those who don't know um he 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 uh, what happened to him was that he 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 represented a small far right party which was in a coalition with a number of other right wing parties in the national assembly and they came to an agreement whereby each year while they held power since 2015 when they won the elections for the national assembly uh, each of the parties would take turns in chairing, being the kind of chair of the assembly. Hmm. And then came 2020, I think it was, um, as they were the smallest, one of the smallest groups, they finally got their turn. So he was made in, uh, as we call it, Buggins' turn. He became the chair of the assembly. And then he tried to use this position with the support of the CIA and the Americans to declare himself as president of the country, Mm -hmm. despite the fact that he had not stood in the election and not been elected and in fact also despite the fact that not many people in Venezuela knew who he was
0: that's right
1: so then uh, so then but he still you would have thought that after all the time that's gone by since then uh, and so many happened, uh, uh,
0: you know failed attempts to stage yeah. a coup and, and yeah, uh, exactly yeah put been. him on the pedestal of power so, so maybe
1: I was wrong and maybe it wasn't 2020 maybe it's 2019 or 2019. yeah I think I mean, it must have, have been
0: earlier happened. than that yeah before yeah. the pandemic for sure
1: yeah before the pandemic definitely um then he um uh, you know his 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 uh, his star has definitely waned, but he's still going around the world declaring himself and pretending to be the president of Venezuela. That's right. And if there was if there was an example of the undermining of sovereignty that you could come up <laughs> yes. with,
0: and democracy,
1: yeah, and democracy, to have have another nation declare who is the elected president of your country. Uh, when, he, when they haven't even stood in an election, it's just crazy. Yeah. But anyway, there you go. Um, so, But he popped up. And so you could see they also had a representative from Taiwan. Um, mm. And uh, I think I've got a little cartoon here that shows that. <clears throat> and uh, it wasn't they, they didn't actually, in the end, send the, the prime minister of Taiwan because they realized that might be a provocation too far. So they sent mm. the defense minister. Um, but Taiwan is not a country. And no. uh, America recognizes not a country, uh, as do most of the countries in the world. I think there's about 14 countries in the world who recognize it as a country, and the rest of the world uh, countries do not. <clears throat> and yet, still, they invited them to speak at this conference. So what they did was basically they they brought, in, in addition to the countries invited, they also brought a number of people to speak, who uh, what you know, pushing their agenda, basically their version of democracy. Okay. So, okay, <clears throat> so that was the um so that was the first point. <clears throat> the second thing that stood out to everybody was the fact that this was such an American event um mm. you only had to listen I, I was going to play you some of the music mm-hmm. um that they used between the sessions, but it was all stuff like you know Superman type music, really cheesy American <laughs> movie style music right. um, and and um <clears throat> the whole the whole agenda was drawn up by the Americans, <clears throat> every, every, all, the, all the big sessions were aired by the Americans, even the panel sessions moderated by and introduced by Americans. So, you know, um, this is obviously the, the total opposite of sovereignty and democracy. You know, sover- sovereignty of each country, as is recognized by the United Nations, the sovereignty of every, of each country is the foundation of their democracy, because obviously... If you don't have control of your own country um then you can't you can't have it. How democracy. can you guarantee that it's
0: going to be democratic or anything else for that well, matter? Well, it yeah. doesn't
1: matter I mean whatever people say in the country if, if you don't have control of your country it's being like outsiders that's true then you have no. so um so the fact that they for a conference on democracy, the Americans organized it, decided who it who wasn't, drew up the agenda and had all the leads um just made a mockery of it. I mean, plus the fact that they they announced that they were going to give $400 million uh, plus other funds to the implementation of the aims of it. You know, he who paper calls the tune is the old expression. And I think, okay, he's <laughs> going to pay all the money for this implementation of this summit. Then this is a holy American. Um, now, um, okay f- fair enough um, uh, go ahead, go okay. ahead. That, so that so that was that was the general first impression I had of it
0: <clears throat> there right, was, well, there was this- yeah
1: there mm-hmm. was there was um, a lot of reaction from individual countries um <clears throat> and there was a flood of criticisms of this thing so not just the inv- invitation list but all sorts of aspects of um of the summit were criticized and i've've drawn I've kind of dug together a number of uh of cartoons, which kind of highlight the, the, the themes right. that people were criticizing for. So, so the first one, if you can, yeah, that would be great. Right. Okay. So, so this one here, um, as it says, um, <clears throat> it, it's basically, it's, it's a Titanic, isn't it? You know, um, mm-hmm. but they've renamed it us style democracy. And then they've put the t- little bullet, a uh, little, uh, bubble saying, let's hold the democracy. Summit. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think that was yeah. quite a good, uh, quite a good um, uh, cartoon about that. Then there's another one here where um, I don't know if we can make. Can we make this bigger? Is it possible?
0: Uh, yeah. No, you would have to make it bigger on your end. Actually, that's okay. uh, that's b- the biggest. If can make, yeah, if you can okay, zoom it in.
1: I will. Yeah, I'll, I'll make it a bit bigger. Hold on, zoom, and let's make it say can uh, Make it. A bit bigger, Let's see if you can read. Then you can read the text, don't you? Okay, yeah, I think right. That's a bit, bit, bit bigger, and then I pull that over there, and you'll see. It. Mm-hmm. Now is that better? I can see that now. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: obviously. Okay,
1: so <clears throat> you'll see. I, I wanted to show you these things a bit bigger because they're, they're, they're quite funny. These people who um, who've done these things. So this is a this is a cartoon by the Global Times, which is yeah, a, which
0: is a Chinese outlet Chinese, in English. Chinese
1: right. outlet, yeah, in English, right, and. <clears throat> You can see here Biden's holding up U.S. democracy. Yeah. Um, and we'll come on to that in more detail. What, that, why, why he's doing that? But, you know, why, what's happening to U.S. democracy? But he's holding it up with this summit. And that, that was one of the big, big questions everybody asked was, well, how come you're calling this summit when your own democracy has got all these problems and America's got all these problems? You know, <clears throat> you, you've got all these abuses of human rights, like, you know, police police, Policemen shooting black people, uh, unarmed black people, and uh, all the history of the United States with its, you know, the biggest. Yeah. but even the, the biggest, recent events,
0: um, like you know, January six and stuff like that. Yeah, so, yeah all, there, all the, yeah, of yeah, exactly.
1: All the plenty of plenty of things to point out the January sixth right. uh, uh, riot in the capital. So then, this is another uh, cartoon that came out and said, and this refers to that. Where where should we export democracy to next? Let's me let me. Um, Make that a bit bigger, so you can see that better. Yeah. Where should we export democracy to next? You can see them looking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he says, "Shouldn't we save some for ourselves?" You know. Yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, <laughs> they got on the little screen here the capital riots. Yeah. Right. So, so here they are. Here, America's criticizing democracy everywhere, or and they were saying that democracy is is going backwards, right? And yep. if you can keep the screen on, that yeah, would yeah, be great. Um, um,
0: it's, it's no yeah. problem.
1: And. Um, uh, they're criticising uh, the, the lack of democracy around the world. Um, and, and, of course, they're having their own problems. And, in fact, Biden's speech was quite apologetic about that. He, you know, he had to say that, basically, we're having our own problems. So they kind of changed it from a championing of democracy to trying to renew democracy. So that, mm-hmm. was, that was quite mm-hmm. interesting. So And there was another one. Look at this one. Um, oh, yeah,
0: with the, you know, the shaman.
1: Yeah, that kind of Buffalo Bill shaman character. Yeah. You know, he, do you remember he was the one one of the characters in the the right in Capitol? Yeah, he yeah, yeah. He was sat, very he sat, for that event. Chair, he? Yeah, he sat in the speaker's yeah. chair, didn't he? He sat in the speaker's chair or the senate uh, senate chair, whatever it was. Now, um, and so that just sums up the. He's in it, jail
0: now, I think, right?
1: Uh, yeah, I think he's probably in jail. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Um, so here's another one um, <clears throat> where you know, again, this is just highlighting all these things that are going wrong with America. Uh, about that, then that they didn't accept. I mean, one of the fundamentals of any election is that election system is that you you accept the results of the election. So the Republican Party basically has not accepted the results of the last presidential election, and they're pretending that the election was stolen from them. And then you've got the bit, you know, this I can't breathe. So they they've done it instead of uh, George Floyd. They, he's he's kneeling on the Statue of Liberty. Which is quite That's a right. Good, uh, analogy, and then he, and then there's this one here is again, is the USA um, standing at the prow of the boat and the, all the ordinary people are sinking beneath the waves because they get poorer and poorer. <clears throat> and he says, one day it's like a miracle, it will disappear. And then this right. other one here is tax the rich. rich. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that sums up the situation of inequality in America, doesn't it? <clears throat> oh, yeah. So here's, a, here's another one. Here's another one where this is how they, the, the appearance of the... Um, of uh, america they're trying to dress themselves up to look uh more democratic like, than they are and here's the last one i wanted to show you of this group um you know you know the famous old story about the um the, the emperor with no clothes no clothes right uh, of course and I, uh, I mean just for those who don't who are not aware of that it's a very it, i think it's from denmark that original tale where where the king every year he he he, he has a procession that he has to lead and um he usually tries to dress himself up in some finery, and uh, one year his um, his uh, the people who do his tailoring and everything they, they don't know what to give they don't know what to uh, give him this year so they so they, they try to they persuade him to go naked, and uh, they they give him flattery all the time you know that oh you look wonderful don't worry so off he goes marching and and the, and the crowd you know because they're all, they're also kowtowing to the monarchy. Not one of them dares to point out the fact that he's walking naked. But then there was a boy child in on the exactly. a little boy in the in the crowd who quite innocently says, "Oh, mummy, he's 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 naked. He's not wearing any clothes." You know? so that's the <laughs> yes, story. Yes. But that that so that so America is having a summit on democracy, but in reality, um, their democracy is, is pretty farcical, and we'll go into that in some detail. And even what democracy they have is is under grave threat.
0: Yeah, and and but you know what? Before before we go into the details of uh, uh, like the dysfunctioning uh, American democracy or Western democracy, uh, more generally speaking, uh, you know, let's let's just uh, say that all those things that you listed out, I mean, the hypocrisy, the nonsense, the mockery they made out of it, uh, like organizing it or orchestrating it in such dictatorial, mm-hmm. semi-dictatorial mm-hmm. manner. Like, you know, everything basically top down, the United States dictates everything, including the structure of the discussions in the subcommissions or sub-whatever uh, the kind of sub-discussions that were <laughs> that were organized there, uh, and yeah, and, uh, yeah and, and even the American window dressing, like the music, uh, which I had no idea about, that was played, by the way. Uh, but but you know what? But but. Look, I mean, this is something that we are able to detect. Uh, you know, you, myself, you know, our comrades from the editorial board of the Barricade, and you know, our partners, the fans of our right. website, and so on and so forth. That's that's obvious. I mean, for the critically le- thinking leftists, I guess that's that's something pretty easily detectable, so to say. But I'm wondering what about the public opinion? You know, because uh, this, what you just said here, uh, is is well, quite obvious to me, I guess. And uh, but but you see, like. You know, it's not how it was reported in the media. On the contrary, like uh, you know, in Eastern Europe, it was reported as a great success for the United States. You know, despite the fact that it was just mm. b- well, put together some like six hours discussion online, uh, and uh, you know, with these poses with American music, uh, and uh, uh, and 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 there were no clear conclusions as to actually what is going to happen where and and, and so on and so mm-hmm. forth, and. and you know, uh, I, I, I got to tell you that even, you know, the the countries that are now, uh, you know, not on friendly terms with America, I'm talking about Russia, China, Cuba, Venezuela, and so on, uh, even Vietnam, to some extent, you know, uh, when you read their English uh, language media, you will see that, you know, they just sort of glossed over. I mean, they kind of, well, they noticed, they, they mm-hmm. noted, took a note of it, but didn't really uh, kind of uh, produce any... Uh, uh, in depth or, or uh, lengthy comments. Uh, so, uh, I'm wondering whether you you, uh, you feel that it was a success for the U.S. in the way they thought about it, like that would somehow lift up their image, or maybe you know uh, sort of uh, uh, reassert uh, or make the public opinion reassert the notion of democracy
1: somehow. What, what do you think? Was this was this a success? Well, you know, I think, I think you're, you know, it all depends. It depends on a number of things. One, obviously, is the, 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 the attitude of the media in the country you're talking about, right? And I, I imagine that in, um, in, like in Poland, pro uh, countries pro this propaganda, <clears throat> uh, yeah. as, especially where the government uh, has big control of the media, then they would have presented this in a, in a positive light. The, if you look at the the wider media, like the BBC or the CNN or um, DW or France 24, right, right, uh, you certainly saw a lot of these criticisms raised. Um, mm-hmm. It was it was not presented in um, from the get go. It was not presented in 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 a, in a uh, sort of like rah rah light. So I uh-huh. mean, so, so but then again, I think so. There's one thing is about the media in the country you're in but the, the audience itself I think that there's um there are a lot there are a fair number of people around the world who are completely sold on this version of democracy that the Americans push and so for them it might have been you know it might have been a quite quite uh, inspiring I suppose you know um it all depends as I say on on what um you're
0: right but from for. the point of view yeah well obviously uh, you know no american official has actually told me or you what are they expecting of it like what what the outcome would be what outcome would be most, the most desirable okay. one for them but we can speculate right. on that a little bit i suppose All right. right so let's look so at it, I, yeah, I let's look at it ob- yeah exactly yeah
1: let's look at it objectively perhaps right mm-hmm. so irrespective of how individuals saw it <clears throat> I, I think the, the the first the first and foremost purpose of this summit and the reason why they organized it now was uh, to organize the campaign against China in particular, mm-hmm. um, but also against Russia. And, and, the, and they're trying to basically, um, they realize that uh, America realizes that it's, its star is waning, that it's losing power in the world. And, and if things carry on the way they are, within the next 10 years, it's going to cease to be the, the most powerful force. Um, and that, that was the underlying reason why they've organized this this summit for democracy. Now, in that in that um, in that respect, I don't think this was very successful so far. Mm-hmm. Why? Because they ha- they ended up having to organise this in quite a diplomatic, you know, like the formalities of diplomacy. Because I had they had, you know, as I said, they had uh, over eighty heads of state participating, and those heads of state uh, didn't attack China by name or Russia by name. And, and generally, they don't, even, in, even in the American contributions and the, the, the side panels and so on, they danced around the, the issue and they, they kind of made uh, uh, oblique references to China and Russia. But mm-hmm. they didn't want to, because what that would have done, is it would create an atmosphere which the, head, the other heads of states would have said, look, we can't participate in this anymore. So they, they, they by involving all these heads of state and making it into kind of like a semi-diplomatic summit, you know, even the name summit is a, yeah. is a de- diplomatic term. They, they weren't able to say really what they wanted to say.
0: And not so many and people so ca- turned up in the first place, which was already, you know, difficult, right? Like in a sense that if they, if they made it even harsher against, I don't know, China or Russia or anything, sure, that would have sure. even uh, created probably even more trouble, right?
1: Now, the other, the other important thing that they, <clears throat> they were trying to do here which uh, and I don't have inside information about this, but certainly the Chinese and the Russians who do have inside information, they are maintaining that this 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 summit for democracy that America has organized is designed to actually create a kind of working alternative to the United States. That's
0: Nations. that's precisely what right? I wanted to to go to, and and yeah, I wanted to yeah. ask you about this because that that's that's exactly the kind of the theme, the interpretation that was. Uh, you know, uh, sort of present in the uh, in the Chinese and Russian uh, media, and then you know, mm-hmm. Russian officials would comment on it actually after the summit ended, and, and so on and so forth. They would actually come out uh, and in press con- on press conferences and would actually say that it failed. Sure. I mean, that the, the United States was not able to create a competition uh, for the United Nations or some kind of parallel, uh, as they like to refer to, it, rules based mm-hmm. order.
1: I think. I think first we. Should- actually raised the question of why would America and and its Western allies want to create an alternative to the UN in the first place? And I think we need to say something about that. Um, and uh, I think the, tr- the, the reason is, is that basically, um, unlike when the United Nations was first set up uh, at a time when the Soviet Union actually... Didn't participate at the beginning of the United Nations. Took, they did after a little while. Um, mm-hmm. The United Nations was very much an American-dominated organization. Uh, it was located in. New York. It was initiated by the Americans. They played a leading role in a lot of the drawing up of the document. It tells you that, and for the first period, the Americans were pretty pretty dominated nations. But that situation, that there was a there was a kind of revival. Of American dominance in the earlier decades of neoliberalism, you know, so probably you could say in the 90s and the 80s and the 90s. Yeah,
0: well, but, I guess the, the 90s as, as the kind of the, the unipolar moment, so to say, right? That was. Yeah,
1: exactly. After the fall of the Soviet Union in particular in 91, uh, and America was the king of the heap and they could dominate uh, not just militarily, but right. diplomatically and so on. And some and, sections of, course, of the ruling class the,
0: in America, they still seem to be in that unipolar moment, by the way, but that's...
1: Well, they, no, they're in that mentality, there's no yeah, question yeah, about exactly. it. Yeah, exactly. But they, the, 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 the 2000s saw the beginning of a breakdown of that with the, the disastrous invasion of, of Iraq and all these other military advent adventures, you know, Afghanistan and all these other military adventures that America's got in involved in, some of them, at the beginning, they were able to get the UN behind, but increasingly, the UN didn't back those things, so they became unilateral actions by Americans. And the more that they've, more that time's gone on, the more disastrous people have realized that they were. At the it, same time, um, China and Russia, uh, after a long period of enmity, are quite clearly started to get closer. And now, on the, uni- on the UN Security Council, they vote together, and of course, they both have a veto, so that means that, right. that on a lot of these adventures and, um, you know, kind of uh, imperialistic uh, initiatives that America wants to pursue, or France or whoever, they can't get the Security Council backing. And when it comes yeah. to the General Assembly, um, the, the majority against America has is, is got uh, huge. So therefore, they, they can't get any motions through. They're, they're isolated. They're lucky to get 20 votes for their position versus like about 150 so, so the UN is no longer of any use to the Western powers. It doesn't provide any help. Not only that, China has got involved with the UN in a very big way and a very positive way. And as a result, you know, the, so that China now provides, is the country that provides the largest number of peacekeeping troops. Um, they, they provide the second biggest budget in the UN. Uh, mm-hmm. They also have become... Uh, you know, key parts of many of the agencies, of the UN even becoming chairs of those, you know. Um, and so as a result, uh, more and more, the the, uh, the um, Americans and, and their allies are, are being pushed aside. So that's why I think they would dearly like to get an alternative of some kind, maybe not an official alternative, but some kind of working alternative. And as you said, uh, all tied into this is why they nowadays, they never talk about the UN Charter or they never talk about international law, which is basically exactly what they by them. exactly. They talk now it's about rules-based rules, order, rules-based order, which is their yeah. own rules, basically. So yeah, of course, of so, course. I mean,
0: that's 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 precisely the case. I mean, they, they
1: make up the rules as the game <laughs> basically yeah.
0: is. On. Yeah.
1: So what, what, but I wouldn't I wouldn't write off their initiative immediately, which is mm-hmm. obviously the the Chinese and the Russians might well do for propaganda reasons. Because we have to see, remember, this is not a one-off event, as I said in the last session. <clears throat> so they're going to, uh, uh, you know, towards the end of this year, there's going to be another summit, and it's going to be in person rather than online. And in between, they've got they've announced a whole number of um, of initiatives. Um, so I mentioned, for example, the fact that they, they put this, they're putting in 400 million Dollars yeah, exactly. Let's let's
0: talk about for a while yeah. uh, what, what what's going to follow or what follows. You know, sure. after uh, the summit was concluded, and and those four hundred million dollars, uh, what are they going to be invested? Uh, in your okay. opinion, uh, or according to what's matter of the of, of public record right now, what are they going to be invested in?
1: Well, they they've announced. Um, they've said officially that the money is there to de- defend um, and uh, is to fund independent journalism haha <laughs> in <inverted Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. um, that's got to be allowed <laughs> I, I mean think about that think about that. that's a contradiction in terms if America is going to be funding this journalism how can it be independent yeah yeah, yeah. that's, that, 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 that's the
0: first thing I guess right <laughs> yeah and second and then, and second you know I feel I consider myself to be an independent journalist
1: and so far no one approached me so I don't no know. exactly yeah, yeah yeah so yeah um, yeah obviously you don't fit into their agenda that's the problem no, no but anyway sure. and the other thing that they've said the money is for is to combat co- combat corruption and right. it, you know so you're providing large amounts of money and when you when you see how money when you see how American money is distributed uh and we, I could give many many examples um they're pretty free with this money uh mm-hmm. you don't have to do very much to get it. Um, so that's obviously a very uh, a, a heavy example of corruption in and of itself. And not only that, <clears throat> it's large amounts of money. Um, so, you know, for someone in, say, for example, someone in, in an African country to be getting the kind of salaries that they're offering for these uh, NGO type organizations, it's it exactly. lifts you way above the population. I mean, an example uh, that combines both of these things, um, <clears throat> at the present moment, the Americans are offering one thousand dollars an article to any journalist in in Africa or Latin America who is willing to write an article against Belt and Road Initiative in their country or against particular projects. Now, How do you know so, that? Well, you know, it, it came out. It's it's public. It's a publicly uh-huh, okay. um, right. known information. Um, okay. And what? Um, and in fact, I tell you who I tell you who first brought that out was Zimbabwe. They revealed mm-hmm. it. And then it, okay. it, it was—it wasn't uh, denied. I have no
0: idea. All right.
1: yeah. yeah, it's not being denied. And of course, a thousand dollars probably, maybe, doesn't sound a lot of money to someone in America. But, oh, come uh, on! I mean,
0: after. yeah, it's a lot but of money. A thousand dollars for one article, even if you spend three days writing it, or, or I don't know, a week—that's yeah. that's a great. And, and
1: and then they offer training. Uh, to the journalists uh, how to write those articles <laughs> yeah how how to, that's how that's to, how to make fake news against the Belt and Road yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so yeah so, like so but that, that, that's, that's a good
0: pricing like $1,000 for well designed piece of fake news that's like you I know, know like good yeah I but, mean, but also I just want to weigh in here and and, and say that yeah, uh, sure. like I don't know what uh, the westerners are going to think about those sums and and if people are i don't know uh, perhaps uh, prone to corruption uh, because you know they're they want to get those $1,000 they will do something for it, which is nefarious. I want to say that there are many states, even in Europe, like let alone Africa, okay, which is the third world. But there are states in Europe, like think of think of Moldova, think of Romania, think of Bulgaria, think of Ukraine, think of Belarus, think of the Baltics. You know, I mean, one thousand uh, euros or dollars or whatever. This is above what people get on average per month. Okay, mm. so I mean, uh, people. People tend to think that you know to stage a color revolution or to organize some kind of you know movement like this takes a lot of money and you know huge funds have to be transferred and so on and so forth. In many cases, that's true, but in many cases, it isn't true. In many cases, mm-hmm. it's relatively cheap to actually organize that because of how impoverished the nations are where they that they are reaching to in order to mm-hmm. to, to to sort of try uh, the, the kind of American imperialistic adventures there.
1: Well, they, they um. I mean, as <clears throat> I used to do freelance journalism myself. So, you know, if I was able to get $200 for an article, mm. uh, I'd be very happy, you know. Uh, right. Uh, never got $1,000 for an article. So the um, <clears throat> they actually... Uh, that was before it,
0: the, the, the Summit for Democracy. Now <laughs> you, know, <laughs> yeah, you were yeah, not yeah, lucky. Yeah, the, the
1: rate's going up, isn't it? The rate <laughs> is going up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. The, the actual... Um, uh, a few weeks before this summit, uh, the yeah. Congress passed... Um, a, a new law in which they've allocated three hundred million dollars a year for for media for media action against the Belt and Road Initiative. So that's all part of that. And this is, right. of course, this is part of a broader um, a broader um, effort. That uh, huge amounts of money, um, <clears throat> hundreds of millions of dollars, are being spent by various government agent U.S. funded agencies. Um, to support all kind of non-governmental organizations around the world and media outfits and whatever. So this is just part of that, that process. Yeah, but now, I think what
0: you just said is very important. Sorry to interrupt you, but I think it's sure, really no, important yes. for yeah. people to sort of understand that we're talking here about a massive action that's going to be sponsored by the U.S. government. By the way, I mean, let's, let, let's refer to this. Notion that the right wingers like to bring up—it's going to be taxpayers' money, you know. Use yeah, taxpayers' uh, money, people's
1: money. Just, yeah,
0: right, right. So yeah. I I want to say that uh, look, w- w- what is being w- w- what is being at stake here is, uh, or w- what is being discussed here is, is a massive action globally speaking that is going to push. For NGOs and various organizations like that, you know, Open Society, whatever you want, to, w- yeah, whatever those, you know, yeah. is being referred to in the country, that, uh, in your country. Mm. We're talking about those so-called institutions of civic society, quote unquote. Okay, plus you know, fake news, fake media, and disinformation to use the modern word. So this is what the Americans' uh, Summit for Democracy has decided to do.
1: I mean, that's that's that. I know. Right so what what they what they officially called it they they've what they've said is that the summit uh, is launching a year of action is what they call it <laughs> before the next summit and they if you if you took the time and trouble they had a whole series of side panels to the main sessions mm-hmm. and in those side panels you you got down into you got a window into the nitty gritty um kind of actions that they're doing and the kind of things that they're funding. So <clears throat> I, um, I looked, for example, at the, there was a panel organized on the morning of the second day. And, um, and perhaps if you can, uh, if you can highlight this, I'll uh, that, show yeah, right. you just there what, we go. what that was. Yeah. And uh, you can have a look at that. <clears throat> now, um, <clears throat> so this this guy here, by the way, Damon Wilson, with his inane, inane grin on his face, Mm. this guy is the president of the national endowment for democracy right right now the national endowment for democracy for those who who aren't aware of it is um basically is a american government paid for organization funded organization funded by the congress every year with huge amounts of money um and it and it acts as um the c effectively acts as the cia's open uh, political organizing wing, yeah, arm. yeah, yeah. Um, or a leaf, yeah, uh, and so this guy, and this is the organization that's that's helped to organize all these regime change operations, color revolutions,
0: as we color revolutions used in Europe, you name it yes. right.
1: exactly. Yeah. And, and here we have, in the summit for democracy, in an important side panel, we've got the actual president of the NED, National <laughs> Endowment for Democracy, actually moderating the bloody thing. Or they That's should have invited they're... the CIA's director, actually. Yeah, I, I don't know why happen. they didn't. Yeah. You know? No, well, I'll tell you why. Because the CIA people are not so attractive. This uh-huh. guy, you know, this guy, he talks all the way through right. with a big smile on his face. Mm-hmm. As he, effectively, as he's sticking the knife in, he's got to be, this is, this is modern public relations. Right, he's right. trained. He's trained. Yeah, obviously. he's trained, yeah. yeah. So, um, so here, this was the, this was the, uh, the panel's name expanding civic space empowering human rights defenders and independent media within and across borders right so um so then the the actual first it was introduced by um samantha power and she's Mm. the administrator of the us agency for international development which is better known as usaid right right and it's just another one of those organizations that that they do a division of labor, so they do lots of different things. Yeah, they're just front it.
0: organization for whatever the CIA, the yeah, Department of course. State, or something. Yeah. Right.
1: So she she talks about how <clears> they <throat> a series of initiatives they're going to do um, to expand civic pay, pay, space and boost support for change agents on the front lines. So first of all, partnerships for democracy. So they and they use military terminology. So. USAID will surge practical assistance to countries. <laughs> and what they, they're talking about here, the countries that have demonstrated willingness to further their own democratic reforms. In other words, a country who's shown that they're fully behind the summit for democracy and its aims and the Americans' foreign policy interests will get special funding for... You know, it could be for a power plant yeah, or for a bridge. The more of a
0: yes man you are, the more money you're able to get for some whatever of you course. wanted to spend it on,
1: right? Of course. And then well, they say, uh, they say here, when we spot an opening, we will expand our assistance. <laughs> so they're kind of looking <laughs> for openings where they can rush in and surge their resources. You know, <clears throat> the next one is uh, powered by the people. So they says this will focus on the often leadless mass movements. So what they're going to do is they see these mm-hmm. mass movements, and they're going to go in there and try and capture some of the key people in it. Uh, this is really democratic, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, And,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: and so say so we want we want to help these movements shake the halls of power, help, and this is where it gets interesting. said so help them learn from each other. Mm. So a youth-led movement in one country might be unaware of the tactics that led to successful reform in another. Most both may be unaware of on a- outside expertise on how to organize spread their messages navigate local hurdles or avo- avoid regime crackdowns
0: yeah but I mean, <clears> sounds sounds and, like sounds like yeah. a textbook for regime change doesn't it
1: exactly yeah so <laughs> what they're going to do is their experts are going to put these people all together and and spread their um, their methodology their, their method of operation you yeah. know so that's uh, basically you see that uh, media viability accelerator this is where they're going to as I say, this will provide seed money to launch multi-donor international fund public interest media. Now, the multi-donors, you know, you mentioned about the open society, right? Mm-hmm. Because nowadays, it's not. this is not just a, a, an American or EU government funded operations. They also draw in behind them all these right-wing billionaires or, or billionaires who want to support their aims. So you've got all these kind of private sector initiatives now who are um, being drawn into the frame and adding extra resources. So that's what that's referring to. So what they do is, as I said, they're going to train up journalists um, to to you know, be part of the regime change operation. Right, and, and they've have, got the last here, one here,
0: before, yeah, before we go to the last one, I want to ask yeah. you to hold your thought, please. We're going to go to heartbreak right now, uh, okay. and we're going to be back in the next segment. Thank you, all, everyone, for watching this episode, and uh, we'll see you in the next segment of the program. Meanwhile, don't forget to subscribe, like our video, and also to go to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash barricade, where uh, you can uh, choose the monthly subscription uh, you know to uh, the extent that you can afford to support our initiative. Thank you very much see you in a short while.